It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome again into the Skinny Basketball Podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local12.com, along with Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal and Rick Brewing of Local12.com and of Musketeer Report. we got a lot of ground to cover. We are in our July, our, our once-a-month off-season college basketball slash now a little bit of NBA draft podcast. Um, don't forget, coming up, uh, we'll do another one in September, probably another one in October, and then we'll hit it full steam ahead uh, come November. But it's funny, we've, we've had a lot of news that's kind of backed up on us, the, 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 the kind of the month that we've had off. Uh, so let's start, uh, let's start first and foremost with a little bit of news today, and then we'll move on to the NBA draft. Like I said, we've got a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, today, though, the University of Kentucky announces it's going to play two exhibition games. No surprise there, but one of them, when I'm against what Thomas Moore College. What are we doing Got to touch on it, man. The Saints. The Saints. How about what, that? McGovney still playing here's, here's, here, here, here's my one question for you. Give me a final score now. A thousand to one. <laughs> what, wait, what? They beat Asbury by 100 last year, right? Or was it 99? Yeah. It was, they beat Asbury by 99 yeah, yeah. last year. Do they beat Thomas Moore by 100? Yeah. Is, no. is Nate McGovney still playing for Thomas Moore? That's the last Thomas Moore playing rumor. Ah, uh, uh, that's a great question. Sawyer Pauly and Nate McGovney are the last. Sawyer Pauly might still be, maybe. I think he might have just graduated. So, so, That's, so over under they beat him by a hundred. I'm going over. I'm going to go on. I'm going to say going under. I'm going to go seventy five. No way. Seventy five. I'll even go. I'll, tell you what, I'll go sixty five. I'll go sixty five. I'll take that bet. All right. I'll give you. So, so you, hang on. You're going to give me Thomas Moore and sixty five. Let's yeah. make it a half just to just okay. to break the tie. For you name you, you name the stakes. Omaha. Always Omaha. <laughs> Always Omaha. <laughs> Adriaticos. Strong. And Adriaticos. I'm down with that. We had a couple pieces tonight. Thanks to Chad Brendel. It was very, very good. So we'll, we'll, we'll Took care of you guys. We'll, did, do, we'll did, do that. Did they give you that for free since we mentioned them on the podcast? No, I, I didn't that's get a chance I'm, to work that I'm, in. Uh, but hopefully the for the next time, yes. Adriaticos, if anybody from Adriaticos is listening. And, and a 12-pack of beer so we can all share it. Okay. All right, Sounds there we go. Cool. Yeah. Game, I'll game even on, get dude. the beers if they start giving us free pizzas. What do you? What's your point spread? Uh, I, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be 100. I'll go under 75. Um, you don't sound like you don't sound like you're a big fan of Kentucky playing these small. I think schools. it's silly. Well, I mean, for sales are silly. Yeah, really. I mean, it's good for Thomas Moore. You, right. They're going to get a that's payday. The that's the point. That's. Of it. I mean, it's going to help their of, athletic department. Care that's of them nice. And, and center, but, but, center college. But what does it help? Like, what does this help for Kentucky? But what does any? What does any exhibition right. help? You're, I in mean, there, you're in there to run your offense against a team that hasn't watched it all offseason. Right. Like the, like, I think playing Bellarmine has Bell- helped Cincinnati quite a bit over the Bell- past Bellarmine five is good. Years. I'll give you Bellarmine. Bellarmine is good. Back in the day, you used to be able to play those foreign teams, and I thought those were always really, really good. I thought UC always benefited from playing athletes in action see, see, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, because you had some mature guys that have been yeah. through college. I could see that helping a lot more. I don't think Bellarmine helps the, the, the Division One teams at all because they do not play a style that are – and, and I, I get it. That Mick Cronin probably has a completely different philosophy on this because he thinks his kids are being challenged. They have to adapt in the game. They have to change their defense in the game. But to me, in that exhibition game, you're trying to run your stuff, work on what your base stuff is going to be against a team that hasn't seen it. You're not trying to get good resistance. You're just trying to run through your stuff like a dress rehearsal Correct. in front of someone that hasn't seen it before because your defense can cheat because they know what right. you're going to you run. Yeah, you want to see if you can execute yeah, a just, second option, third option. I mean, you want to see if you can nice execute It's just nice to play against stuff. someone else. Yeah. And at Bellarmine, the problem is they run out there with no big men. They're playing five out, moving the ball. Spa- like, they're really good at what they do. They're really good at what they do, but just you won't see another team in Division One that plays their style, basically. So they, and, do ch- they generally do one traditional, and then I think he does like to take his guys out of the box before. I mean, because, like, And that's fair. I, I just, think Bell- Bellarmine helped them survive what happened against Marshall. 
because Marshall was doing the same thing. Yeah. Five out, everybody was bombing threes. They jumped out to a huge lead, and, and Cincinnati had seen it, so they were able to. And that, that, that makes sense to me. I'm just saying, like, I could certainly see the other side of it. Of, yeah. I don't want to play Bellarmine for that exact reason. I, I, I think but, Xavier well, that you can lose. <laughs> well, that and more importantly, it's just like, what did we get out of that? Yeah. We had our we had our three man guarding their five the whole game. We couldn't play our five because we were going to lose if we did. Yeah. But the one thing I think is, is, I get where is, you're is, is good about this is it does keep some dollars in state for, yeah. for those schools. That I'll, they, I'll credit they, them I mean, for doing that. It's two Division three programs that are non-scholarship athletic yeah. programs that are always fighting for a buck. Granted, they don't have to give scholarship money out, but they're always fighting for a buck. And I think that's, I think that's the positive, too. I, yeah, and I, I, I agree. Mean, with, very yeah, last year. I agree with that. That is a positive. Yeah. That, that is a plus. From a, that, from a sheer basketball standpoint. I just don't see what they get I, out I think of I'll it. go with Rick on this. The only thing it gives you, it does give you a chance to run your stuff against somebody else. The problem is, even like last you're playing Asbury, they're, they're you were so like, much yeah. you were so much more athletic that you were grabbing a rebound, throwing it down the floor, and dunking. And I'm not sure what you got you're out of that. Not even running your stuff, right? E- even better than that, I think what's what's cool about the little Kentucky schools is those schools have local kids. You know, that, that's like, those okay, kids grew up playing for Kentucky. Yeah, yeah and they're going to live that. the rest of their lives being BBN fans, and they're going to have a poster of Willie Cauley Stein putting his nuts on his their forehead right. to right. show I, their kids someday right. yeah. Yeah. in their no, basement. So I've, like, I've got one, I think that's cool. Because I posted the story You've got of it one of someone's nuts on your forehead? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> I've got one of them. <laughs> Dickie Beal teabagging me. <laughs> he probably could have, actually. <laughs> could have. He would have jumped over you. He, he would have missed you. He might have. On the way up. But no, I posted the story today. I've got actually there's a local kid um, who's a friend of a friend who plays for Thomas Moore, and, and I'm kind of caught in that that retweet, retweet, retweet. I think this kid's probably all geeked up about getting a chance to go yeah, play I'm in Rupert. Sure they are. So, sure they are. Um, I think that part's a good thing. And that's talking Thomas Moore. There we go. We got it out of the way. Uh, let's touch on the NBA draft, which is, has come and gone. Um, I'll touch first on, on Edmund Sumner, and then we'll get to the Kentucky guys, and we'll touch a little bit on the on the Indiana guys. Um, it, it felt like as we got into that 50 range, I wasn't sure he was going to go, and literally as I, as I sat there and thought, well, maybe he's not going to go, suddenly. He does go, um, but we had talked about, uh, you know, there was a couple of mock drafts that had him a little higher in the second round, but the second round was the best-case scenario, and no matter where you went at that stage, as long as the team was right, the fit was right, fit. the chance was right. They're starting and over. Yeah, and I think that's what it ended up being. He did not get drafted by the Pacers, but his rights eventually went to the Pacers, so it worked out very well. Yeah, I think it worked out really well in terms of fit, which he got lucky with, because the, the reason I knew that he would be – picked at some point is because some team was going to want to have their hooks into him in case he turns into what he's capable of being because we saw that with Samaj Kristen he wasn't ready went overseas wasn't like wasn't ready but then he started balling out and people started inquiring about him Oklahoma was like we've still we've still got control of him right so we're gonna go ahead and play that out and see what he becomes I think I thought it was no doubt some team was going to want to do that with Edmund because he has even more upside um, but now it's a long road the cool thing is he signed his deal he got the two-way deal we were talking about yep. he can stay with the Pacers for I think 45 days of the season then I'll go with the Matt, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants in, in the D League and uh, he'll make a, a really nice starting salary for a Fort, college Fort kid. Wayne's a beautiful town Fort Wayne has Oli's Pizza. Did you tell him about Oli's Pizza? I, I, have, you, I have not. You're going to have to check with Ed and, and yeah. let him know. I, that's probably going to be frowned upon on his diet when he I, gets to Fort I, Wayne. I don't think so. I think Edmund's cal- yeah, diet think Edmund diet is calories. Yes. They might. They might thank you for letting him know about Oli's Pizza. If you're ever in Fort Wayne, Oli's Pizza. Maybe the best pizza I've ever had. I I honestly wouldn't disagree with that, and I'm a huge New York pizza guy in Fort Wayne. Because we already pimped Adriatico's. So in, in for, yes. Adriatico's is the best pizza in Cincinnati. Right, correct. I just want to clear that up. Oli's Pizza might be the best pizza I've ever had. All right, I just yeah. want to clear that part of it but up. But no there. one will ever get to an Oli's because it's in Fort Wayne. Literally. Edmund Sumner now will. You know what we do now? 
We go to Fort Wayne. I come home from Fort Wayne because he's got his gig you bring, here. You bring one? I, I bring one for myself and one for him. Nice. I stop on the way he, out of town. He did do that this that's, year. That's a that pretty class true. act. That I, was, that's a big time move on his part. Get a little tip of the cap for that one. I yeah, stop on the way out of town. It's on the way out of town. You get the Oleys. You drive home. Very, very, very nice on your part. Um, so, so yeah, it is a good fit for Ed, though. And, and um, you know, maybe he does get a chance to, to, to play sometime February-ish, March-ish, and if not, you sit it out, you, you, you maybe get I'd a chance he, next year. My guess would be he redshirts this year. Yeah, and that's probably, the right, that, that's probably the right case. Yeah, although, I mean, I was surprised to see that he's back starting to do some workout stuff and moving around and everything on it and shooting a basketball again. So he's got a long road ahead of him. But, yeah, I mean, at the if he's back by the end of the year and ready to play, I imagine they'll throw him in D-League yeah. games because why not? Right, why not, yeah. The and you need to see what he can do a little bit, too, I would think. Yeah. So And get that fear. Yeah, just yeah. get him back on right. the court and right. get the scare away. Uh, the Kentucky guys, De'Aaron Fox went number five to Sacramento. That was probably about the right spot. Malik Monk fell to 11. It wasn't a big fall, but it was a little bit of a fall. Did it surprise you at all? No, because he's kind of a volatile dude in the NBA. I mean, he's – what's his ceiling? J.R. Smith? Um, I don't. I think he's more locked in than J.R. Smith will ever be. And <laughs> he's you, you know, I mean, more like, of a normal human being. Yeah, but, like, I think J.R. Smith might even have a little bit more talent than yeah. Malik but Monk, that's why but I'm he was never ceiling. going to be locked in. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's an interesting thing. I think the thing with Malik is he doesn't necessarily have like a defined position. He's not great at creating plays. And six three is not uh, for a two guard in the NBA anymore. Those dudes are six 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 seven. Yeah. yeah, offensively, I don't think it's an issue for him. It's the other end of the floor. Yeah, yeah, and offensively. Well, I think offensively, there there are some question marks about. I mean, is he is he a point guard? I think he probably needs to be in the NBA, but he's never but he's really not. played right. like one. No. And then as a scorer, I really like his package to a certain extent. But at the same time, he's not great at creating off the dribble. He can get his own shot, but he's not making a lot of plays for teammates and stuff like that. He's a good shooter. It'll be interesting to see how he pans out. I could really see him being a total bust and, and never working out, or I could see him being a really good scorer. I think he's in the a NBA rotation and, guy. Yeah, you know, a, a bench scorer. He's not the same, but I could see him filling a same role in terms of minutes and role as like a Dion Waiters. Yeah. they're different players, but I could see him giving that kind of boost I'm, offensively. Yeah, I feel you with that. Uh, the other Kentucky guy that went Bam Adebayo went fourteen. Love to, it. to my to Miami. Uh, did he go too high? No. I I love Bam in, in the current NBA today. Love it because he can get out and hedge and switch and defend at, at all the positions. But at the same time, he's a legit power post dunker rebounder. The the only thing that I question with him, there's such a premium on the bigs in the NBA being rim protectors, and he's not a big time shot blocker. That's a good point. So I, I question just that side a little bit. But you're already starting to see if you're watching these summer league games. He's got more – and we say this with every big that plays for Cal. He's got more offense than he showed at Kentucky. And that's the big part. You're right because you don't see a lot of that. You didn't see it with really almost any of Hardly them. any of them. Carl Anthony, you saw flashes of Yeah, but he never – Right. And that's Cous- just because – You never saw Cousins have range at Kentucky. You didn't see Anthony Davis Correct. show half of Correct. his offensive arsenal at Kentucky. Cal doesn't ask that of them. That's not – but you have to – I mean, we've seen Bam for a long time. Like, the kid has some game, and I think he's going to be a really nice piece for the Heat. You know, he's going to be one of those guys that I think you're going to look up in 10 years, and Bam's probably still in the league. I think Scal Labissier was the perfect example of that Cal system where he's like, he's going to make you be a post player and play around the basket. And that kid was and a Scal, jump shooter to the core. Scal wasn't even ready to be a, a, a perimeter player right. yet when he entered <laughs> college, much less play under the basket. Um, one other guy before I move on, there's a couple of Indiana guys that got taken, but Luke Kennard goes, goes number, number 12. Question though is where, where does he fit 
He's a, he's an NBA wing. Yeah, he's I a think shooter, he's, man. I think he's going to work out perfect. I, I hope too. he does. I think he's going to be good. I, I I like I I just wonder again who does he defend? See, I don't I don't worry about him that much. JJ Redick's been in the NBA how long? He's getting twenty four million dollars this year. That's fair. He can be JJ Redick. That's fair. I mean, I don't know that he's. I don't know that anyone's the shooter JJ Redick is. No, I know he's what you're saying. But incredibly consistent, but Kennard's a big, shoot, a bigger, man. more athletic guy, and he's, and he's got an more game off the bounce. Too. Yeah, I love Luke Kennard as an oh, NBA player. I'm a big player, fan. Honestly. I'm a big fan. I don't know, I especially just, today's NBA, the way the game has gone to offensive skill. That kid gets buckets. He's gotten buckets his entire life. That's, but I mean, and maybe it's just because you think of you don't think of Franklin all the time. Yeah. But it's amazing to think in two years, Franklin to to a lottery pick in the NBA. Yeah. That's that's pretty that's pretty unbelievable. Until then, you look back at his career at Franklin and see what he did, and you look at his two years at Duke and see what he well, did, and go, but he is. I mean, he's a big time player. And I wanted to see from him this year that big jump. And I think he took it. Yeah, he went and, from and what, I, 11 a game to 21 a game. Yeah. And, and, and it I, I wasn't think, because he increased a huge volume of shots. No, he got, it was he got because he shots, got better. But he got better, yeah, absolutely. I, I'll, I'll I'm in on Luke Kennard. I'm with you, right? And a couple of Indiana guys, OG Ananobi went uh, 23rd, and then Thomas Bryant went in the second round, and, and probably the right place for Thomas Bryant to go. Did Ananobi get, get hurt by being hurt? Yeah, clearly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, the interesting thing about him, though, is if he plays out the whole year and doesn't does play all that fall? well, does he drop? Because yeah. he's a guy who's not very skilled, who doesn't have a he's defined a defense. doesn't have a great great offensive game. Yeah. No. yeah, like there's not a spot where you say, oh, this is what he does for an NBA team. You just look at him and say, he's a freak, and I'm pretty sure he's a basketball player. He looks like a basketball player, right. so we're going to take a chance on him. I Where'd think he go? He went, uh, crap, he went 23rd, and I can't remember who it was, too, off the top of my head. OG went to the Raptors. Raptors. I don't know why. So he's, Canada, a eh? so he's on the fourth best team in the East, which actually Corey. isn't isn't may not be a bad place to be in another two years. If I was an NBA player, I, I would want to be I'd in the find East, East and, and, and find my if team. 14, 13 of the top 14 players in the NBA are in, in the, the West. West. That's crazy. It's unbelievable. Crazy. And maybe soon to be 14 of 14. Before long. Why would LeBron ever do that? Not to make this NBA podcast, but why would LeBron ever go west at this point? He has no resistance until the the championship. I can't answer the question because I I don't think he can answer the question right now. There's no way he would Other than to say, I want to conquer Los Angeles. I've conquered Miami. I came back to Cleveland and did what I told you I was going to do. Now I'm going going to one of the iconic NBA franchises, and I'm going to put them back on the map. I'm going to do it. That's why. I mean, that's the only thing I can think it's of. It's not smart, but... I, I'm not telling you that, but uh, you wanted some logic. I'm trying to give you some level of logic. I, I'd prefer you go to the Boston Celtics and have racist <laughs> yell things at him and take over that historic city. Uh, that's the other... Those icon- folks are really excited to have possibly. Gordon Hayward. Yes, they are. They got, their, they got their their Larry Bird light, for lack of a better term. Very excited to have Gordon Hayward. Indeed, indeed. Thomas Bryan, I... I, I I like a lot of the things about Thomas Bryant. Again, I like Thomas Bryant as a college player. Yeah, that's – again, I question – like I question with Bam. He's not a rim protector. Um, he's what, 6'9"? No, he's bigger than that. Is he? Yeah, he's 6'10", 6'11". I would, yeah, I was, I was thinking 6'9". He just but he, he plays hard. He, he's, a, he's a fairly tough kid. But he's going to have to really find a, a niche and carve out a niche for himself to be able to have an extended NBA career, I think. And while UC had two seniors, obviously Kevin Johnson's not going to be a, a, a 
NBA level player. But Troy Copain at least is getting a shot summer league wise. It was obviously he was never projected to be drafted, so that's not a shock that he was not drafted. But he is getting a shot in the summer league. He's getting a shot in the summer league, and I I think Troy is one of those guys that he's got a chance if he decides that he wants to play basketball for a long time. He can make a lot of money playing basketball. He's a heady guy. He's you know a solid point guard. I think he would fit in a lot of the different like higher level European leagues. you know, he he doesn't wow you with his athleticism, but he takes care of the basketball. Um, he, he can make the right pass. You know, he he did struggle his senior year knocking down shots, and I think that hurt him some. He's going to have to improve that aspect of his game. Um, probably not an NBA career, but he can have a um, definitely, I don't say definitely, but chances sure. are against yeah. an NBA career. Yes. Um, but he's got a chance, if he wants to, to make a lot of money for a long time playing. Um, I do want to touch on one other kind of college to NBA, and that was the, the whole Cal to the Knicks as, as, as president. Um, Cal quickly denied it, which I think was kind of funny because it came after the Knicks said, well, we don't really have the interest that his – there's no doubt in my mind someone absolutely his reached out. Reached Give out. Me a not, not, no, exactly. No, not an ounce of doubt. I, I honestly – I don't think they ever even spoke. I don't think Cal and the Knicks – Ever I had no, no conversation like Cal's people said. Cal's people did. I, no, I think Cal or Cal had someone leak this to the media. One hundred percent. I don't think he ever. I don't think he ever had any intention. I don't think he wanted to talk so to you, them. You, I don't think they ever talked to him about. I think this is Cal doing what Cal does every offseason, making sure he is on the front page of ESPN, making sure he is a big headline. I think he leaks this just so he can deny it and make uh, a big deal out of it. I put money I'm on fully West making a call. I, I'd go. I'd go. I like. I like your scenario. I'm though. fully your woke funny. on this. I, I'm going that the other one of somebody West reached out. Then all of a sudden, the next is his agent now, well, right? You, yeah, well, he's, he might as well be. No, he's I, always been he, his agent. Yeah. No, he's officially an agent. I think Wes is Cal's agent now. Officially? Yes. Maybe he is. I don't know. I believe so. Okay. Well, anyway, so in my opinion, I think you and I agree. Somebody reached out. The Knicks then in that period said, no, he's not on our radar. Cal then sees that the Knicks said, you're not on our radar, and says, well, I, I, none of my people ever. Yeah. Okay, okay, sure, hot shot. Um, e- either way. Um, the word was from NBA insiders that somebody from John Calipari's yes, camp, camp reached out. Somebody reached out. I mean, I. I'm just telling you, I, I don't even even if he did, that's fine. But I don't think Cal had any intention of ever. I don't think he had any intention had, of taking it either. I don't think he had any interest in. It. I think he 100 percent just wanted the story out there. So then, well, but that's about that's him. what happens. You yeah. have one of your people reach out to the Knicks. One of the Knicks people tells it to an NBA right. insider, right? And boom. like you know, they're going to. I, and then the story's I, out there. I understand how I like, that part I like of it works, point. but it's just as easy to go to the media and say, "Hey, well, you think the journalists are really that worried about it?" They're like, no. "Wait, you're giving me okay? I'll, I'll tweet that." So I, I'm telling you, Cal does this stuff every offseason. Of course. It does come up a lot. There's no doubt. Usually, obviously, not in terms of presidencies, but in terms of being a coach. So, um, The other thing I wanted to talk, t- touch on, and again, this is kind of NBA college-related, was Adam Silver, the commissioner of the league, um, prior to the draft, at least what, a week or so prior to the draft, talked about wanting to revisit the whole one-and-done concept. The, the, the question, though, becomes, what is the answer? And that's where I think everybody gets stuck on, what is the right answer? Where do they go for Honestly, an answer? What do they do for an answer? I think one-and-done works. I think for the NBA, it's probably the best thing, honestly. I do for the NBA. Um, now, what would I like to see happen? What do I think th- is the most fair thing? What do I think is the best option for everyone? 
I think it's the the old rule where you can just go straight out of high school. The problem is the NBA organizations and the GMs can't help themselves, and they will continue to draft a bunch of kids no who doubt. intrigue them that aren't ready, and you'll end up with Jonathan Benders and Darius Miles mm-hmm. and all those types of players, and the NBA will turn to shit again. Right. But at the end of the day, if they could just have a little bit of discipline, realize that, hey, the guy who's been here for three years that has proven himself might be worth a shot instead of this kid who's 18 and we have no idea what he's going to be, but he's really athletic, then it would work out just fine. Uh, The one thing, if it went back to straight out of high school, the only thing I would like to see is the NCAA say if you go undrafted, you can go. You can come back. Yes. Because they, I mean, there were, and I don't want to be over dramatic and say their lives were ruined, but there were a ton of guys that basically had their basketball dreams die because they had somebody in their ear, somebody that wanted to get paid, somebody that thought that they could get, you know, hit and make the the big, win the lottery, basically, off of this kid. They give the kid bad advice, the kid doesn't get drafted, and then he's done. There needs to be a way if they go back to that. That that you can go back to college if you get drafted, even in the second round. I think well, you're locked well, in. Well, all right, now, now hear me out though. What about the idea of doing it the baseball concept way, which no. is you draft? Just hear me out though. For those who don't know it, you get drafted out of high school. You negotiate a deal. If the money's right for you, then you're going to hop. If not, you say thank you, but no thank you. You then cannot get drafted until after your junior year. After your junior year, you can then decide what you want to do and, and and come back your senior year. Now your senior year, once you're drafted, you have no leverage at that point. You've lost every leverage point. Um, I don't think that benefits the NBA. I don't think the NBA would want to deal with the hassle of that, and you don't like that idea whatsoever. No, there's I, not minor leagues. It's it's just it's apples to oranges well, there because there's not there seventy rounds to the degree. draft. Correct. No, no. That, so I, if I you if you take that risk in the NBA, and the kid balks. You've only got two picks, and one of but, them. But does that not? But, they, first, but hang on, but does they that, do stash and they do draft and stash all the time, mostly in the second round. But, but hang on, well, I mean, no, but that's when you'd be does, taking. Does that not make you though pump the brakes on a kid where you're talking the Jonathan Bender types, where you're drafting more on the if come than you're drafting on on maybe um, what he I mean, is it changes the strategy definitely. I'll give you that. But, I, I just don't like it. I'm not a fan, I, and I'm not a fan of Luke Kennard should have had to stay an extra year. He would have had to have come back. If you're ready after a sophomore yeah, year, if you do it the baseball, if you do the baseball, I don't, I don't like that. I, it, yeah, I just don't think it makes any sense for this sport. It's a completely no. different sport. It did the, the you've right, got, so, if so, you're not ready as as an 18 year old, you got to wait till you're 21. Just does how not many make any 18 year olds make it and are ready in Major League Baseball? Like one a decade. Yeah, it's, well, not not yet, not absolutely not at eighteen, but obviously a lot of those guys are going, as Rick said, through a minor league process to where. By the but time that's because they're not ready right. for the majors that's until right. they're twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. Hell, there's guys that don't make their debut until they're twenty five. No doubt, yeah, it's no just, doubt. It's, it's such a different process in terms wasn't, of the development and the system. Wasn't um, Todd Frazier like twenty five when he came up? Yeah, but yeah, he's older. Yeah, Vado was like twenty seven or yeah, something, right. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, was insanely old. old. Yeah, I know, yeah. but he was old. Um, the interesting part of your idea which obviously has been thrown out there is is if guys were allowed to go through the draft not get drafted and then return to college could you imagine the new june slash july recruiting season we would have every year well i mean you'd already be signed right why true I mean, why would you be? True. There would be, you know, there would be a lot of big time dudes who think they're You're going about sign, to draft. signed letter of intent wise yeah. or signed letter sign, of intent well, wise. Hang on though, or signed draft wise. No, we're talking about no, 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 they no. didn't oh, gotcha, get drafted yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, and they yeah, were able to yeah. come to college. He's saying it would be a free agent market in June or July. 
I would now, think I don't know a how many decent guys... number of them would have signed letters of intent at some point. But and and also, I mean, I would ha- never sign one if I was a high level kid. And this is that's no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. I agree with you. No if I was a five star kid, no there's no way in hell no I would what. sign a, yes. a letter of intent. Agreed. None. It does nothing for you. It does everything for the school. Right. It does nothing for you. But that's neither here nor there. That We're locks you in. Yes, it does. Um, so, so the concept. So, do you think they can come up with a plan, or they they just throw their hands up at it and go? The thing is, I don't, I don't hear as many people complaining about this because you're seeing, in theory, fewer and fewer one and done busts, for lack of a better term, yeah. as opposed to the straight and, out of high and school. The NBA bus. is better than ever. Yeah, because it works for the NBA. It is absolutely a good rule for the NBA. It has 100% worked. It did what it was intended to do. It, the issue. So why is does the, the NBA? So why does the NBA want to revisit this if it's them? Because other than, it, because other than it, pressure from colleges. Because it's which the, the, why do they care about? Because it's the off season and you need something to talk about and you need rules to revisit and you need to stay relevant. Maybe, and, I, and but, you're getting but I feel like from, I like Adam Silver though, and I think he, I, I think he's I think he's one of those guys who's trying to be fair to all parts. I and, really do, and I that's why. That. And that's why you reexamine it is because people are complaining. You know, is it not fair that eighteen-year-olds have to that, that can't come straight to the NBA? Like, what? What is the the answer? Oh, I, no, I think Rick's point is the is the, is the best. No, of all is, that's why they're is to keep it from 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 hurting themselves. Yeah, ab- that's yeah. absolutely why they did it, without question. But at the same time, that's in no other industry, right? And Adam Silver is very conscious of. Um, societal issues and moral issues and what's what's sort of seen as popular or the right thing to do. I think he's very in tune with that. Yeah. And so he's hearing a lot of pushback of people just saying, look, it's not fair in any other industry. If you think you're ready to go try to make a living, you can go do that. Why will your your profession not let kids do that? Well, so. but, I mean, if you, I mean, in the real world, and I don't want to take this too far off track, but there's plenty of jobs that you have to have a degree, degree. or you have yes, to have a I certain mean, level the quali- of experience. They, they, they the qualification yeah. says. Right, right. But X number of years of experience, that's, X number of degree. That's or X degree. up to the employer. Correct. The employer has that right to set that market. They, they're, they're changing stuff with the D-League. They're getting a little bit more money in there. You can go to the D-League straight out of high school. So, you know, maybe we see more ki- kids interested in taking that route. We've but, seen but, kids but here, go to Europe. But, but here's the funny part. If you are a true one-and-done kid who knows he's one-and-done, who deep down, it's not... I take the year off. It's not the foe. Not, not even... You know what, though? You're going to school for a semester. I mean, you can you can live for a semester. You really and truly can. Go They'll on. find you with enough classes to make the grade point average. Go and be hang good out enough with the Debbies, the as Brandon Phillips would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Can we be clear about a one year on a college campus or a semester? As you're as, saying, correct. as a star, as a star athlete at 18 years old is not a bad way to spend some time. Not not sitting here going, boy, I hope my degree gets me a job that I'm looking to make fifty thousand dollars a year. In six no months, way, no, I'm yeah, going I'm to have X number millions. of dollars. Yes, I mean, I, I, you saw the. 30 for 30, the John Calipari, right? Yeah. The, my favorite scene is the, the, the scene where they're, they're taking the lottery tickets out of the thing. Now, the fact he's telling all those kids they won a lottery or, or hit the lottery by doing what they're doing, I'm thinking, no, Dominique Hawkins didn't hit the lottery, and Derek, Derek Will should have left his two bucks in and should have taken the lottery ticket, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he should he put have his two bu- He was the first guy to put his two bucks in and get it back. But, but I thought it was a good analogy because, truth be told, that's exactly what a lot of those guys have done. So I think going for a year, if that's the case, on college, being a part of that, I, I think sometimes maybe these kids enjoy that part of it, at least saying, you know what, being in college, for eight months was was still a pretty cool experience. Being around all that was pretty there's, cool. There's some attractive co-eds there in are Lexington. Some, yeah, especially if you're a basketball player. You've got a pretty dang, daggone good chance. Well, and, and you probably don't realize this when you're getting ready to go. Louisville, not so much. <laughs> well, it depends on if they're paid you go to the not. Billy Minardi brothel. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen those pictures. Not so much. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you, uh, you paid them? 
That's the thing. Just think about it. Hang on, I need a second. You paid them real money. It, it makes a whole lot more sense when you find out those kids were basically forced. Did you see what? Well, that's a good point too. Did you see what Barstool's doing? They 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 did their first documentary, uh, Barstool Sports, which was on Bills Mafia. It was like all the drunken ridiculousness that goes on at Bills games. So now they've decided. Oh, it's insane, dude! It's yeah. insane. So now they've decided that they're going to expand and do more of them, and one of them's going to be on Patino in fifteen seconds at. Porcini's. Oh, Can you imagine how is that, awesome is that? That's the title gonna, too. Fifteen seconds. It's gonna. It's barstool, so it's gonna be something. It's gonna be fifteen seconds in Porcini's. Yeah. No, you don't need the Porcini. Just fifteen seconds. A documentary. That, yeah. That's all it needs to be. Let, let fifteen for fifteen. Fifteen for fifteen. <laughs> there you go. Fifteen for one. But what, that's gonna be fantastic. Awesome. I, I just had to drop that. By the way, I saw that today. What if I told you that Rick Pitino's best shot? Only took 15, 15 seconds. seconds. What if I told you that Rick Pitino's... Oh, we're finished. <laughs> That's it. It's a wrap. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> All right, let's move on to can a couple we, things. Can we talk about Muhammad Bamba now? Do no, you think this I, fits in with that? Uh, yeah, because it does fit into that. I, let's, let's touch on that because it's, it's, on, it's on the table. I didn't keep up. With, I didn't follow. Well, for, those that maybe, for those that maybe didn't, the brother of Muhammad Bamba who... I uh, saw the headlines. I just never really dug into it. Who was technically it. one of the top, what, two or three guys in, yeah. in, in, in the... In the in the 2017 class, uh, ended up committing, signing with Texas, and, and Kentucky was one of the finals. But he goes to Texas. Shortly afterwards, his brother, Ibrahim uh, Johnson is his name, decided he was going to put together a video in which he just ripped. Facebook Live. Okay, yeah, Facebook yep. Live. But it was a video. Yeah, 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 a video, yeah. Facebook Live video in which he ripped everybody. In fact, I, I'll just I'll, I'll read one of the things he said. He says, he's not going to play this year in the NCAA because I already reported him to the NCAA, and I'm already going to meet with the NCAA. He's not going to play this year. I exposed that kid. And what he exposed him for, allegedly, is accepting cash and gifts from a man named Greer Love, who uh, basically took this kid under his wing at age 9 or 10 and supposedly paid him anywhere $200 a week from that point moving forward. The allegation is there's an improper relationship. There is by NCAA rules, though, if you've developed a relationship Before with a kid, the kid was a prospect. Yeah. We're not talking pre-existing being his junior year of high school when he right. becomes a senior. This pre-existing relationship developed a long time before that at age 9 or 10. Now, you can argue that this Greer Love didn't exactly have the best of intentions, that he maybe saw a big kid and said there's a Got smart. <laughs> lottery ticket. Maybe. Um, but the brother did go nuts, and, and obviously he is not shy about, about, about talking here. And, Somebody um, got cut out. And that's what it comes down to, and that's, I think, where Rick wants to go with this. So you didn't watch the video, I take it? I did not. You, have you seen the video? I've not seen the video. I just read the excerpts from what he said. And All right. I, well, then you guys can't answer my most important question, which is while he's doing this video, and then he did another one at nighttime where he did a Facebook Live and he had the same chain on. I can't tell if it's a golden dolphin or a golden shark that he's wearing around his neck, but that does it for me. Once I was, I was like, this guy means business. When I saw that he had a golden dolphin slash shark let's chain go, on. Let's go with shark. Let's just go with shark. I wanted to, but the more I looked at it, it looked more like porpoise fins to me. Okay. Like flipper? Yeah, I'm not like really a, a marine biologist or whatever they're called. But Do you speak dolphin? No. Do you have a dorsal fin? I think his chain might have. That's the thing. <laughs> Um, but he didn't get the Ace Ventura reference, Skinny. He I, did. Yeah, I did. It, just, it was just it. bad. Yeah. Um, so basically, what happened was he wanted his brother, Muhammad Bamba, to get him into grad school at Texas. Yeah. He wanted to become an agent down the line and take care of the family. He wanted uh, his mom, who is apparently elderly and almost disabled, to get care from. People at the University of Texas in some form or fashion, and basically what was going uh, he 
Ibrahim Johnson, his, Mohammed Obama's brother, wanted to move the family out to Texas with him so they could be around him. They could take advantage of all these benefits that Texas was supposed to give the family now that <laughs> Mohammed Obama had committed there. And he's saying all this stuff on Facebook Live, not realizing, like, hey, that's not how this works and you don't say this stuff. But then he's accusing uh, Greer Love of all these improper benefits that had actually already been cleared by the NCAA right, because, because they were okay. He had been yeah, right. basically taking care of Mohammed Obama since he was a little kid. Right. And that's where. I think this story has so much different stuff to unpack, starting with the side of things where you always hear about the shady side of the NCAA and handlers and everything else. Well, Mohamed Bamba was living in what sounds like a pretty rough area with not much of a home, and an older brother, Siddiqui Johnson, who went to Arizona, got kicked out, went to Providence, and he's now in jail, has had a pretty rough deal. Um, Ibrahim Johnson, who was basically admitted in this video that he sold drugs to move the family out to Texas so they could be out there by Muhammad, um, by Muhammad. Businessman. Right. And, <laughs> and so Greer Love taking him out of that situation early at an age and taking care of the kid, is that a bad thing that he's been doing this whole life, taking care of a kid and getting him out of a tough situation, which it easily could have backfired. Muhammad Bamba might not have ended up being well, – you don't know and, that and, at a, and, at a and, middle and, school and age. And that's what it comes down to. Just for some background, he, he ran a, an organization I mean, called Locks Lions, which um, – It's basically a boys and girls club situation. Correct, in Harlem. The, yeah. kid, the, kids from, the kid went to public school in Harlem, and, and I think that's what it comes down to. That, that Really smart kid. That becomes the shady part of it is, is was this an ulterior motive from the get-go? Now, the flip side of that is, though, he takes a kid out of a bad environment. He, he's he's rolling the dice that this is going to work for him and for the kid. Probably literally rolling the dice. You like that? Rolling the dice? Um, and, and you're right. It could have backfired, but it, but maybe it's one of those ones where he's like, hey, for only 200 bucks a week, well, this is going to be chump change if, if it works out. And if it doesn't, I, I've, obviously I can pay the 200 bucks a week. He could have taken care of like 3,700 kids in Ethiopia for that. Well... 39 cents a day. That's all it takes. <laughs> but, like, let's be clear. The, the, when all he, the bad jokes today. When he took over and started, like, taking care of Mohammed Bamba, it was after Mohammed Bamba got a, a letter to President Barack Obama published as, like, a third grader right. in, a, in a magazine, like U.S. Newsweek or something like that. So it wasn't like a thing of, like, oh, now, granted, it might have been, hey, this is a nine-year-old who looks like he has some potential both intellectually and athletically, but, again, it, but you have no idea at that, that point. Then that's but, correct. But even at this point now where it's like, okay, clearly Greer Love is going to become his agent. Like this was the whole plan at this point. And people talk about all that shadiness and everything. And it's like there's a legitimate gray area here when you see this situation when, quite honestly, Mohammed Bamba's family is a whole lot more shady than this quote-unquote handler. And, Absolutely. And that goes back then to the back portion of this, which is let's just say he doesn't take him out of that environment and the kid gets sucked into the environment and something even worse happens to him where right. he never gets to develop intellectually or athletically. He gets sucked into a gang and he's dead at 17. Right. And, 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 or he gets to college and he robs somebody at gunpoint for drugs right, in a dorm. in Clifton. <laughs> I, I, think, I think this whole little thing, this being exposed, because you hear so often like people will point out the teams are cheating and they say, oh, it's, it's going on everywhere. And, and Jeff Goodman will call out Rick Stansberry at, on Twitter all the time and stuff, and then people say, well, why, why will no one report it? And quite honestly, it's because no one's going to confess to this stuff. You're never going to get someone to rat someone else out for the most part. This was one of the first times where you could see exactly why there's all this gray area, right? Because what happened was well, – Ibrahim- If you see it on the surface as a fan that this kid's been getting 200 bucks since he was 9 or 10 years old without understanding that there is a rule, that there is a pre-existing relationship, you go, well, there it is. It's right there. There's, no, it's not the smoking gun because you're right. The NCAA has already seen that. They know about it. They clear it. Boom, you move on. Well, and there's – look, he alleges that the, the guy bought him a California king-size bed. He flew him out to San Diego to see an Instagram girlfriend. He like – Hell yeah. He gave him all this other stuff. So there's there's other things but that he's But those things are, are folded into 
pre-existing relationship. Pre-existing it's like relationship. your dad taking care of you, right. basically. Yeah, this guy's become like a surrogate father. Um, but there's also – so here's this interesting – Tell me more about this Instagram model. Yeah. <laughs> it's Manti old girlfriend. <laughs> That's a, they're doing one on that too, Barstool. I, I can imagine the two things they announced were Rick Pitino and Porcini's and and Manti Teo's girlfriend. That's great. That, That's great that you went there. That documentary is called The Phantom. <laughs> There's this at one point tells a story about how just recently, like the other day, when all this stuff was breaking down, their mother, who was elderly and and almost disabled, he basically. Got in a fight with his mom, told her she couldn't be in the apartment that he just moved him out to, and said, I'm going to drop you off at Muhammad's dorm. Now, right now, he's trying to say that was a joke. We were just seeing what Muhammad would do. Sounds like it was probably fairly legitimate. Yeah. Um, But he leaves her off the dorm and just tells Muhammad, like, she's out there, and tells the University of Texas, you got to take care of her. (laughs) Right? And so, like, what ends up happening, according to him, is they leave her out there for hours, and then eventually someone from Texas takes her to a a hotel for the night and then tells him the next morning, you got to come pick your mom up, or she's just hung out to dry. Yeah. So, like, again, we get to, people talk about all the shadiness and cheating and everything else. Well, what do you do if you're the University of Texas and a kid's mom has just been left off at one of the dorms and no, I, you've got to do I, I, something? I, I guess here's where it comes down to for something like that. That, that is a great question. I, I think you call the NCAA and say, here's the deal. Here's what's going on. You can see the Facebook Live for yourself. We're not leaving this woman out for the night or for the next two nights. We're going to take care of that. However you see fit for us to do that, we will do it. We're not going to put her up in the in the Hilton for five hundred bucks a night. night. We're going to find at least a place for this woman to stay. It's not going to be an extended stay. We're not doing it for for extra benefit because we've already landed the kid. You're you're right. I mean, there has to be a human element to this too. I think it's just interesting of how. People view the cheating and everything that goes on in this way, and then there's like this whole other side. But of most like, of the other side of it, though, is 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 the hangers on. It's the brothers. It's the cousins. It's the the friend of the friend of the friend. I agree, but I think this illustrates how easy it is to be like, you could easily do something illegal here if you were Texas, and mm-hmm. maybe they have, and we don't know right. about it. But like. Are you necessarily doing the wrong things? You know what I mean? If you're take, like a kid and his family just moved out, and we see this all the time. Like how many kids that go to UK has their whole family just moved to Lexington? Right. You think they're just all paying for everything when they make that move? They came from absolutely nothing, had a small one bedroom apartment, and now they're just moving into a place in Lexington. They're like when somebody goes from Bowling Green to Louisville and has an apartment and a job. And so this is my point, right? Like there's all this stuff going on, and then you see just how tragic. Quite honestly, watching the dude on video because he thinks he's exposing his right. brother and everyone's going to. Love it, but and he's then, a piece of crap. And then he's just getting crushed by everyone on the Facebook Live. They're just commenting like, "You're a loser. Hope you die." <laughs> he's a piece like of crap. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's awful. So I it, I thought it was a really interesting thing that we just watched, and it doesn't sound like Texas feels really confident because they already right. got everything cleared with Greer Love. They think they're good. Yeah, and that's the point. I think this guy thought he had something over them, and he has nothing over them. And it's just also so stupid that your brother could literally be making millions in a few years. And probably, unless unless there's a whole horrible relationship from the past, probably help you out down the road. Just shut up. Right, exactly. You're worried about getting getting your mom into – That's the problem in a lot of these situations, though. Everybody in it is so focused on hitting that lottery that they can't get to the freaking finish line. Right. Like, they can't get out they, of their they, own damn way to they, get to the finish line. They, they want it that day. They yeah. don't want it a year from now when it's going to actually de- – I mean, it's not like it's the lottery ticket of, boy, I sure hope so. We're talking about this guy's pro- – let's just say he has an okay year at Texas. And he he's goes still, 14th. He's, he's still a lottery pick in all likelihood. If, if he has a good year at Texas, he, 
top five pick. If he has a great year, hell, who knows? Maybe a number one pick. Just, yeah, just shut up because the lottery ticket's coming. It might not be – you might not hit the Powerball with it. You've already won. Yes. It's just a matter of when, when you can cash right. the ticket. And for how much. You don't even have to stare at the TV anymore. Yeah. The, the, the numbers hit. Yep. You're there. You win. It's a matter of what the, what the final tally is. And, shut up and get to the finish line. And his thing, and it's understandable, of like, look, I don't, I'm not asking for a handout down the road of when you make millions. I'm saying I want to go get my master's degree, and I want to become an agent. I want to do things right and make my own money. And it's like, dude, you could make more money just listening to what everyone's telling you and right. staying in Harlem. Shut up. Because that's what Mom Obama keeps saying. Go back to Harlem. Stay there. Yeah. Leave me alone. Get away from me because he's. A bad apple. Right. And we've, we've seen this with players at UC and Xavier where family come around and are hanging around dorms or apartments. And then oh, yeah. the school's like, hey, we need to get that guy You need gone. to go. Like, but you then, need to not be around anymore. But then it's really difficult yeah. for some of those kids to tell their family, I'm cutting you well, out. And, and this is why. And, this and is, that is very hard. And this is why you see UC and Xavier both generally be really careful about the kids they recruit locally. But yeah, because those guys, are, those people are already around. Right. It's hard to make somebody go away if, they if this is where they're from. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's talk another, touch on another subject because uh, it's going on at both Xavier and UC. Um, we'll touch on yours first because Rick and I got a chance to go to Centos Center the other day and do a little behind the scenes story. But you've we, done we, like eight stories on that but, so but, far. But you know, we did one. We put, <laughs> but we put one up. Uh, UC actually put some videos up, and yep. we use some of those videos at local12.com to see some of the stuff that's that, that's going on there. How are things progressing? Things still on on, on, on track, time and on track. Yeah. Everything's going, you know, as planned. It's kind of weird looking in. Uh, obviously, you can't get in without a hard hat. But um, doing the football camps and stuff, I'm in that vicinity a ton and looking in and seeing pretty much all of the bleachers are all completely gone and the concourses are completely empty and um, there's really no like front wall to the place now because they're moving everything right. out and widening everything. Um, so I mean, they're still in the the you know demo phase. Right. Uh, of where things are at, but they're getting there, and I think they're actually going to have like a real media room where you can like not a closet. No, not a closet anymore. Nice. I, I hear that's that's part of the plans, and a and a dining area for the media. And, Holy cow! Yeah, upgrading everything. Next, they'll have working Wi-Fi. Yeah, ah, that's different. Ah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Xavier's Wi-Fi has been great when I've been there for the crosstown shootout either. So well, never had an issue. I would say a lot of college facilities. I mean, BB and T Arena's Wi-Fi. Is, is not very good either. Good luck with that, in case you're wondering. That, that's Great. Not, that's not the oh, I'm sure it'll be lovely with 9,000 people do, in yeah. there. Do you use the media one, or are yeah. you just using the regular system? The media system? one. Oh, I've never had an issue. Never any game I've ever worked. Um, but you and I got a chance, though, to, get, to go the other day to, to Centos Center. You put together a story for Local12.com and for MusketeerReport.com. There, there are, I mean, the the... the the real look of of Centos Center isn't changing, unlike yeah, fifth third, third is going to be yeah, pretty much completely. They, I mean, if, like the, the place is gutted right. to the studs as much as an arena can be gutted to the studs. Yeah, and this was not. I mean, there was there, there's going to be obviously a new seating area. The lookout uh, will change the, lookout the look of it a little bit. That that's yeah. will change the look of it. Explain to people where that's going to be and what that's going to look like. And if you didn't see this, you can go to both MusketeerReport.com and Local12.com to see it. Yeah, so that's I guess it's the south. It's where uh, the students. It's over top of where the students. Over top of the students section, they've got where the basketball offices are now. They have uh, seats that are going to jut out over top of the students and be basically right behind that basket. Um, it's going to give a different look to the Centos Center for really the first time since it opened in 2000. And it's also it'll be interesting to see if it changes the sound at all, coming like kind of 
bottling that student section sound maybe funneling it more towards we, we, the court with a roof over top. Well, with some, and some more fans on top of that. True. Let's face it, the only other fans that were on top of it is if you were walking through that walkway. And if you usually are going through that walkway during the course of a game, you were walking through the walkway. You weren't stopping to, to, to watch a so lot. They put of like a second deck over the student section? Yeah, yeah. and about 200 what, yeah, seats kind of above overhang. them. Yeah. It's got all you can eat buffet behind it, access. I think it's called the 2696 so like, Club for yeah. Byron. Like the Reds. Yeah, kind of almost, what, almost. what they have, that club area where you get your drinks and yes. food and stuff yes. included. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a pretty good idea. It's going to be pretty cool. And then right next to that, they also have a new hospitality area where you can rent out. It's going to kind of like a garage removable yep. door situation where it just opens to a balcony and you just kind of mill about and it'll have food and drinks and stuff too. But um, I think the coolest thing. The coolest thing, thing to me is going to be the, 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 the new bar. bar. Yeah, they call it the Woods at Centos, um, the, uh, a spinoff of the old Norwood Cafe that used to be at the corner there it, that got it, taken it, down. Yeah, it's technically on the, for lack of a better term, the upper deck, upper deck. It's, yeah, it's right all, up in the corner, the corner, beyond Section 215. Correct. It, it's, and it's got literally the old bar back from the old Norwood Cafe. Oh, so but like where they sat me? <laughs> no, I think the media side. overflow. You were in the two. You were in the two hundred in between the two levels, right? You no, I was all the way up. Oh, I've never seen them put people there. All the way up. They, they don't. They just put chairs. <laughs> that makes that's, sense. That's my reputation. That's why Chad looked around going, "There's nobody else here." That's my <laughs> reputation at Xavier. They put me in the top row, literally the top row. The 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 outside wall was like six feet behind me. <laughs> at, at US Bank Arena, we call those the decorsi seats. <laughs> you took his seat. I know. He was not pleased. <laughs> You got to look way down from U.S. Bank Arena if you're going all the way up. Yeah, literally, that is a long look down, boy. I think it was the first year they did the U.S. Bank Arena thing. They yeah, because DeCourcy. X was home. Yeah, so X controlled the seating chart. So I got a seat on press row, and DeCourcy was thrown upstairs. You're and a he regular. Just lost his mind. I love Mike, but and, you're a regular. And then he thought I was like Jeff Goodman's intern. That's what he, he was cussing out Jeff Goodman's intern awesome. the rest of the night. That's even better. Because Goodman was right next to him because it was an ESPN game. So he literally – they put Goodman's intern down there? Like, I just let it go. I, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. You may be a Hall of Famer, but uh, this is a Xavier game, my man. <laughs> I, I got no problem with that, actually. Good You're a Hall of Famer for, in Clifton. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of other arenas, perhaps, but yeah. but not, not there. But not in this city, there's only one school that you're a Hall of Famer at. No, it is going to be kind of cool because there's going to be a new field of Centos this year, and a year after is going to be a completely new field of Fifth Third. Really, in the span of a year, you're going to have new fields to both both arenas in, in the area. Well, there's going to be a new field at UC Games this year. It's yeah, it's going to be a BB&T arena. State. It's going to be a different state <laughs> is where the new field is going to be, for goodness sakes. All right, uh, a couple of things I want to touch on is, is is from a recruiting perspective. We'll touch on, on you've been have you been on the road much here lately? No, I'm leaving uh, – um, well, the the open period starts Wednesday. Okay. So I'll leave Tuesday, go to Asheville, get some biscuit head in the morning. Rick's tried that. Fantastic. Good and stuff. then hit to uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina for uh, Adidas. I haven't seen the Adidas t- the circuit yet. So that'll be probably Wednesday and Thursday for me and then down to Nike and We'll see if I make it over to Under Armour or not. I'm not sure. All right. Uh, for Xavier, though, there, there has been some recruiting news of late, and it, it, it has not been Have been you been good. hit by any fallen, pe- falling pieces of sky? Not yet. But, but, uh, but it feels like it for some Xavier fans. Yeah. Um, obviously, Cole Swider, who they're really in on there. And Thank just, God. He just had a really good spring. Um, he was ranked 69th, which is pretty nice. And uh, he looked better than that from what I had seen this spring. I thought he was one of the five best players I saw this spring. Yeah. and, and, and I saw him, and my first reaction, can you beep this, or do I need to edit it? I can beep it. <laughs> Xavier's getting a good one. Because at the time, Villanova wasn't pushing real heavy, uh, and Duke hadn't even become involved yet. I saw him in April. Um, 
And boy, he was really, really good. And at that point in time, Xavier had identified and gotten out in front on him. And I, I was not thrilled with what I had saw at that point in time. So, yeah, thankfully he picked Villanova. Came down to Villanova, <laughs> Duke, and Xavier. And uh, Xavier thought there. I think a lot of people thought Xavier was in a good spot about a week out from his decision. And he wasn't going to make. He had visited the other schools recently. He hadn't visited Villanova for a while. And apparently, I think the situation was he knew he wanted to go to Villanova and just made, need to make sure with those visits that none of the other schools kind of sold him on anything else. Because he never went back to Villanova right. like people thought he would if he was going to go there. He still committed there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't an ideal break. And then right after that, Darius Baisley made sort of a surprise commitment to Syracuse. That one was After more, he de- decommitted from Ohio State yeah, like, and that, a couple that, months ago. That one, it was like Xavier was in there, but at the same time, he'd already committed to Ohio State once right. instead of Xavier. So it wasn't like a huge shock that he wasn't going to end up at Xavier. I think there'll be relief in the long run on that one. Uh, Skinny seems to think the same same thing yeah. on that. I, I, I just I don't see it as a player. It's just and maybe I'm wrong, and I hope I am for the kids' sake. But... Um, but for Xavier, obviously, though, I mean, there was another. He's a local guy. For those that don't know, he's, he goes to Princeton High School. He used to go to uh, uh, Finneytown High School. Um, he'll he, he transferred to Princeton. He was not eligible the whole year at Princeton. Didn't get eligible till maybe mid-season, something along those lines. And didn't put up great numbers. But that sometimes is a, is an incomplete indicator. Um, but I, I guess it does. He had a really it, good May. It, yeah. I thought he was. Oh, I thought he, a lot of crap in April as he bounced around or whatever, but once he finally settled in with Mean Streets, he had a really good month of May. Uh, I still think he, he takes bad shots. Um, he made a lot of bad shots in May, but I think he's a he's a kid that as the competition ramps up, I think it's going to be a struggle for him at times. Park him in the 2-3. That's all I can tell you. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. I think he fits well in the 2-3 zone. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. He's, just, he's a guy that does a lot of things, has a lot of skill and ability, and doesn't necessarily have like a defined game yet of like, this is what I do in my position and how I fit into the offense. But he can do a lot of different things. So I think you'll see that evolve. I, I think he's really talented. His body control and athleticism are off the charts for a, for a kid with his frame. So I agree with that. I think he's going to end up – I mean, if Ray Spalding ends up being a decent player – I think he's going to be really good. So, um, and then today we're recording this on Thursday night. Xavier lost out on Travion Williams. This one I'm disappointed. Yeah, he was a, a big, hefty we offensive line. We talked, we talked dude about with the him, handles. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about him before on here, and uh, it was down to. Um, uh, Xavier and and Purdue basically, and Michigan and Michigan State were also there, sort of as finalists. It c- came down to Purdue or Xavier in the final few weeks, and and Purdue won out. They had basically sold him on. He's the next Benny, Biggie Swan again, right. which I don't really agree with that evaluation. But if I'm Purdue, that's certainly what I'm telling him. Right. Um, and he, you know, he's not even in the top 100. He wasn't like a oh you got to get him. He's a can't miss prospect. I think people were just excited because one, he had a fun game to watch. Two, Xavier had been in there for a long time, and three, when you look at what Chris Mack has done with kind of those unicorn big men who play a unique style, a, a Matt Stainbrook type of player, you're saying, what could he do with this were, kid who can really handle and pass the ball? Were you an and one mixtape guy? Like, did you watch the I watched it. I wasn't, a big, I wasn't a big fan of he, it. He was Escalade. Yeah, I, I liked Escalade. That, he was Escalade. Yeah. Like, he could, he, he'd get the rebound, start bringing it up the floor, go behind the back and throw a one-hand zip pass. Who was Mark Jackson's brother? Mark Jackson's brother, he was a big guy like that. But, but he was an Escalade, I don't think. I don't know. Played at Louisville. He was he was a big, big and one guy. I oh, thought it was Jeff Van Gundy. No, it was not Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> no, but I, I guess that the, kid was fun to watch. Back, yeah, like to, I enjoyed watching. Back, back to Cole Swider. Um, and this is no knock. Xavier's been in on a, a really good guys that ended up going to Nova at the end of the day. Kyle Lowry, um, obviously doing quite well in the NBA. Um, Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Chris. Jenkins. I didn't realize Chris Jenkins, but Chris Jenkins was was another one. Um, 
I, I guess it asks the question. This is this Dylan is painter last year. This is no knock because look, Xavier's not getting the one and done guy. So so there's the next tier of guy, which is the the guys Villanova gets. The guys Villanova gets. Um, is, is Xavier better served looking elsewhere, or do you continue swinging for guys like this? And when you get one every three, four years, if that's the case, that's that's the right fit for you. Well, I, I think. For one, I don't think it's every three or four years. I think they're getting this kid at least one a year pretty regularly okay. now when you start looking at You start piling the classes back to back to back. I mean, you think about Trayvon Blewett and Quentin Gooden and Paul Scruggs and Najee okay. Marshall yeah, and Samaj Kristen going back even farther than that. I mean, they've been piling up guys that are ranked in the top 50 at least one a class or about one a class for a few years now, maybe right outside of that. But they've been hitting on a good rate of top 100 kids. Most of those kids had been back-end top 100 kids where you're in on them early, you hold off another one big school or two. You know, you hold off a Michigan, right. you hold off a Florida, you hold off maybe like a Louisville or something like that. Paul Scruggs, Trayvon were a little different because they were identified early by everyone. Xavier had the relationship to hang in there on that. Um, I think this is the way you've got to recruit if you want to take the next step. Especially now that you're in the Big East, you've seen an uptick in your recruiting. Last year you had a top 10 class. With five guys in it. You come back the following year, you got to understand, you just took five guys that are pretty well thought of the class before them. So a lot of guys are going to be looking at that and saying, ah, you got that guy at my position, and you got a junior or senior at my position already on the roster. It's a little more difficult to recruit some of these guys for one. Um, but then also, if you're not ready for Xavier to miss on a kid that's down to Duke and Villanova... You're not ready to recruit top 50 no, players. No, that's, 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 that's a fair point. And I think that's the thing for fans of it's going to happen. You're going to lose on those guys on occasion. Well, and I think the thing you hit on something that's really important that I don't think fans put enough thought into because they just think of the end game. These kids and the people that are around them are looking at every roster of every team and going through it with a fine tooth comb on every kid that is coming back. What am I going to be dealing with? What am I looking at for playing time? What is the situation going to be? And when you get a big, like you see in a, in a tough spot right now, because even after this year, when they lose three guys, they have two guys at every position throughout the roster. They'll have 10 guys on scholarship, two point guards, four wings, Two power forwards and, and two, two centers. Bits, right. So these kids know. They look and they pay attention. And they know Xavier had a top 10 recruiting class that wasn't one and done guys. Yeah, and Those I, guys are coming back. And it gets even worse when it is like a, a Paul Scruggs and Najee right. Marshall. Who other dudes saw last year, saw them ranked, saw them in all-star games. like, I know him. He can play. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it, it, it sounds great that you're just going to keep amassing all this talent. But it's really hard to have – materialize because Villanova is going to have a spot or, you know, Kansas is going to jump in and have, you know, have a need for this position. Like this class isn't really great in that combo forward spot that, you know, kind of, you think, I think it's not, there's not a lot of depth there. That, that was the one position Xavier had a ton of prospects at. So I'm probably skewed on that. Well, like, what I'm getting at is Cincinnati had identified two guys in Nasir Little and Darius Days because Gary Clark was going to be graduating. They, they want to get the next guy in at that spot. There's some guys there, but it's not a long list of guys. And once Little and Days hit the, the, the market in April and everybody got to see them, now North Carolina's calling and Kansas is calling and Duke is calling. And they're looking at, you know, at, those guys have become – 
right behind point guard, probably the biggest commodity in basketball. And when you get a couple guys that are talented like that, all of a sudden they, they play in front of the coaches for a couple weekends, and next thing you know, their, their stock skyrockets because everybody's looking for the next Draymond Green that's six eight and can handle and can shoot a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's – unfortunately, it's where Xavier and Cincinnati are at. Now, the Big East gives Xavier a bump um, that, that UC doesn't get with the American at this point in time that allows them maybe one step higher, but still like Cole Swider, that he's that type of guy that's six, seven, six, eight, you know, can play either the three or the four in college. Um, and, and all of a sudden go through April and now Duke's calling and, and Villanova's making a push and Xavier identified him early. You would like to think that you can hold on, you know, build, build that relationship and hold on to the end. But it's hard when the big fish come swimming in the, but, in the but, pond. But for fans who thinks the sky's falling because you don't get a kid like this, I mean, it's not like you lost him to, to IUPUI. No. I, we, <laughs> you know what we used to call? I mean, literally just two years ago, you know what I'd call Cole Swider and, and, and um, Miracles. Darius Baisley on the message board? Pipe dreams. That's what we usually use the term. It's like they're in there, but like he's, he's got offers from so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. So probably, it's probably not going to happen. Now it's like – Now there's a disappointment level. When, when Xavier's not beating out right. Duke and Villanova. And, I mean, I get it. Like Xavier had a good shot at the kid. I get, And it sounded like things were going really well. So I get the disappointment from that standpoint. I don't understand the logic of like, oh, things are bad because three of Xavier's top recruits – came off the board within a week's time span and they didn't pick Xavier. It's like, well, one, they're not going to land every kid that they go after anyway. They couldn't. I mean, that's not how this works. Um, the fact that they all, like, three of them happened in a, in a short time span I think that's the biggest. makes it feel worse, but that yeah. doesn't really mean anything. Like, that has nothing to do with, they didn't, they weren't, like, picking the schools because of each other. You know, they weren't well, related. But for fans, if I, uh, the, for what they go through, would it hurt worse if I kicked you in the balls three times in a row every five minutes or like three times once a month? No, see, I, I would rather you have it all get over at once. Like rip the bandit <laughs> off, kick me in the nuts, make it hurt for a week. But no, I, I, get, I get your point. I just wonder – I think the two coaching staffs have different philosophies on this Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Well, I think Chris Mack, one of the big differences when he took over for Sean Miller that changed with recruiting and especially Travis Steele because I think there was still a little that, – that old guard feeling when Pat Kelsey was still sort of around the associate head coach. Then he leaves and it's just Mack and Steele. I think they really said, you know what? We can get those top 100 guys consistently. We can get a top 50 kid too. And Sean Miller just said, I'm going to get the toughest three-star kid I can find and right. I'll make him good enough. Right. Uh, the the C.J. Anderson type of prospect. Whereas these guys are now saying, we can go compete with the big dogs and get someone. I think Mick has taken more of a, tell me who I can get and we'll recruit the heck out of those guys that are in the back end of the 100, outside the 100, where most of the guys that Xavier and UC are going to land. Mick doesn't seem to want to swing at the top 50 guys as much. Xavier seems to be all in on swinging on those guys, and then they'll figure it out from there. And I don't know that there's a right answer in right. that spot. And, and I think what and Mick took a lot of swings when they were in the Big East. and you know He, he just missed on uh, Kimba Walker. I mean, by a, the, the threat of a hair, he missed on Kimba Walker. Walker was coming to UC until Brandon Jennings surprisingly didn't commit to UConn. And Marcus Teague was right, you know, it was right there with UC and, and 
uh, Kentucky and Louisville, uh, the three of them. But he, you know, Hashim Thabit, who ended up being the number two pick in the draft. That was a great one. I don't know if I've ever told you that story, Skinny. It was right when everything happened, when Mick was first getting the job. And Hashim Thabit came on an official visit, and visit was going great, and everything was you know, looking really positive for UC. And Hashim Thabit said, Coach, when do I get to meet the team? Mix. <laughs> Come meet John Williams. <laughs> no, this is before. No, this is pre. This is before he even got John Williams. This is yeah. This is right like the the April after he he got the job, like two weeks after he Who's got the, the one job. Holder? Who's one holder? Who's it was one holder? it was Cedric McGowan was, and Ron was, Allen. Okay, it was two. I, I forgot. Big, yeah, big shot, Ron. Hate to tell you, son, we're gonna have to go up to the football field. Give me a few of your new teammates <laughs> <Yeah>. later. <laughs> hey, we. You we, are the team, kid. But, yeah, and I think you know there's a level of that that, and especially when they drop down to the American. You're swimming in waters that a life raft isn't going to save you. I mean, they're right now in a position you can't swing for a five-star kid unless you're thick as thieves way back to however long you've known the kid or what, you know, unless it's a special situation. Cincinnati's not in a spot where they, they're going to swing at the, you know, the five-star, the high-level kids. They're going to look and I would between this, 50 and 100. This and will probably be a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I mean, but if there is that special kid that you know is actually a one-and-done, it's the only one-and-done you're going to get. It's DeWan Wagner, for lack of a better term. Um, whomever. It's a, you know this kid's a definitive one-and-done. You're probably not going to recruit one-and-dones after that because you're not going to have – you had a pre-existing relationship with somebody through somebody through somebody, and that, that kid wants to come, or you have a chance to get him one of those things. Do you still do that? Yeah. Because it – upsets the apple cart along the way or do you just take take the swing with that kid and say hey i know what's going to happen the rest of the kids know what's going to happen he's too much of a talent they did it with lance it didn't obviously you know it wasn't as much of a fit as they had hoped for for whatever reasons but i mean yeah you the the name of the game is uh, is amassing talent now mick has been unconventional in doing it but when people bring up the fact that that they don't like the way that mick's recruiting i say Jacob Evans, Jaron Cumberland, Gary Clark, Kyle Washington, Kane but, but Broom. It goes back to what you're talking about. Is, is you identify what that level of kid, and, and I think everybody always assumes. Well, you go get the best level of that level right, kid, right? You know, Mick, the, the Jacob Evans story. He didn't see him until he got a tip from the Marshall right. coaching staff right. that summer, as Jacob was going into his senior year. He got a tip, went and watched Jacob, and told Jacob after the first time he watched him, every game that you play, I will be there for the rest of the summer. And he spent the rest of the summer following Jacob Evans around because he was playing on a small AAU AAU team. He didn't have the exposure to where people knew that he was a top 100 type player, and he clearly was. The talent was there. So he he took took advantage of a, a recruiting edge that he got on that one, and they landed Jacob Evans. And if Jacob Evans had played on one of the big shoe company teams, he would have been a top 50 guy. So they're, they're, they're doing it differently, but the end result for both right now is both rosters are pretty damn good. I mean, that's, there's different ways to attack it. And the, the, the way that Cincinnati is attacking it now is the way that Xavier used to attack it because that's how they had to attack it. Mm. And the way Xavier's doing it now is the way that Cincinnati has done it in the past because they had a little bit more juice and they, they had a bigger brand to sell to and they could swing for some bigger fences. But there's no right way or wrong way unless you're cow. And you're, you know, this stuff ain't working for Coach K, the one-and-done stuff. Right. It worked once, and he hasn't been able to to, to reclaim that spark because it's not I, I, who like he this. is as a coach. For, for fans, the only thing, and this is the thing that drives me crazy about recruiting because you're never satisfied as a fan with what Ever. is. 
you're always hoping what might be. Yeah. And I guess I, I've, and I've always stood by this thing. If you trust what your coach is doing and you can see the success your coaching staff is having, then just trust that they're continuing to do it the right way. I mean, that's, right. that's the only I can tell you. Right. I mean, hey, look, would you like UC to go around further in the tournament? Sure, I get it. Would you like Xavier to get over the hump and get to a Final Four? Sure, I get that fact. But the bottom line is, if, if you take a big-picture look at all of this, both are just fine. And if you trust what both coaching staffs have done to this point to be fine, not just be fine, be really, really good, then you have to trust them going forward, don't you? And I would hope. And it's in the pipeline. The, right. the talent isn't slowing down for either no, one. But I, I think back to what we talked about to start with is, is losing out on, on – Two guys. I'm not even going to count Baisley, but if you want to count him, that's fine. If you're losing out on three guys in short term, it, it does feel like the sky is falling. But again, and if, you guy DePaul if, you tr- if you trust what you're doing, yeah. if you trust what the coaching staff's doing, and the fact that they've had success, and it hasn't been just a don't well, figure they it out. Don't get their guys this year, and then they have success three years from now, and then three. No, it's been consistent. Trust what they're doing. Yeah, well, and it's, it's also just weird to me too. It's like I guess it just doesn't typically happen in such a short time span like this. Usually that's the misses the are right. spread out, right. but it's thing. just like missing on re- you miss on recruits all right. the time. It, it, like it sucks that Swider was blew up the way he did, and you were in such good position with him. I get the frustration from that standpoint, but the act but, to act like Xavier's recruiting is taking a hit at this point. But is if you're silly. a Xavier fan, get used to that. Yeah, like that's going to happen every single year if you're going to recruit top fifty kids. The kids you're in there on. Will not come to Xavier. What have I said on? But what, yes, but not very. Yeah. What have I said on this podcast? I really like the staff that Xavier has on the recruiting front because I think they do a good job evaluating, and I think they do a good job building relationships and getting in. They they go early a lot more than most, where they're two, you know the 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 sixteen year olds and stuff. Yep. They they go a little harder on those guys than a lot of other schools do. Because I know, like, like Cincinnati, they evaluate those guys, and they get a list built or whatever. But, but not a lot of They don't really building. push until you get to April, and they can see where you are in your development, if you're ready to, to take that next step. Xavier, on the other hand, they're getting you're, – you're passing along a lot of names on – 2019 kids already. Yep. And it'll become even more in July because they do a good job in that part of it. But what's going to happen is the schools that wait are going to see those kids, and Xavier's going to have to hope that and, and the relationship that they built early can get them to the finish line. And that's the sad part is those, some of those schools can afford to wait because of who they are. That's, it's just, that's, that's how they recruit. Right. That's, exactly. They know. Kentucky knows they don't have to do anything until July. Right. Like, they haven't done anything on really anybody. Like, well, now Cal's – over coaching right. half of those guys right. that, that are going to be in his class in Egypt. But really, like, outside of, you know, maybe in Emmanuel quickly, like, they haven't pushed on a lot of guys. Now in July, they'll start making their big push on all these guys. And the schools that have done a great job getting in with them, they get to get pissed because <laughs> this is what happens. It happened to <coughs> it happened to Cincinnati. Ding, ding, ding. <clears throat> it happened to Cincinnati and Louisville Antigua. Right. They, had, they recruited Marcus Teague forever. Was it your? Were you the one that told me the story on Cal that, that when he walked in on yeah. somebody? Well, how, tell that story. Oh God, I can't even remember how the whole thing goes now. But, but, well, the, the short part of it was something along the lines of, "Hey, if I want that guy, yeah. I'm getting that guy, yeah. no matter what you think." <laughs> oh, the, I forgot about that. Yeah, but but it, it shows you though that if, if that if there's any level of truth to that, which there probably there is. is, yeah, he doesn't. He can't wait till until well, he feels but, like waiting. But Cal, Cal said those coaches. Should should be happy when I don't come recruit the guys exactly. they're recruiting. Because yeah. if I want that guy, I'm going to get that guy. Yes. No, but what happens is Coach K knows if he calls, a kid's going to listen. Correct. 
Whenever Cal knows. knows. Yeah. Roy, Smith, Roy, Roy Williams knows. Even um, it comes after the letter of intent. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> right after you commit to a school, he'll call and tell you you shouldn't do that, Terrence Williams. One other note on, on this whole thing. I, peop, we talked about I commit it. to Washington. We got a phone call. Cal wants to speak to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I decommit from Washington. <laughs> Let me take this hat back off, actually. I, I put on the wrong hat. Um, with all this stuff happening in such a short period, it, it seems like that sucks. But at the same time, if you're a coaching staff, it's ideal that yeah. this happened before July. Because now Xavier all of a sudden refocus and say, hey, we're not – because they would have been chasing every game Travion Williams played at. They would have been chasing every game Cole Swider played at if they were still recruiting those guys. Now you look and say, okay, we missed on a couple of our top guys. We've still got these main guys. They're our main focus now. But also, let's make sure we start casting a little bit wider net. Go for a few more of the guys right. that were maybe outside the top right. 100 that would have been our normal type of recruit that you would have expected us to land in the past. We'll, we'll widen that net a little bit, try to get in on a few more names. And now there's going to be some teams that were recruiting these guys for a long time. That are going to see the ex-coaches show up right. in the game. And, and they're going to get aced and go, out. Son of a... Right. They're going to get aced out. That's the way it works. That's how... That's the system. That's yep. the, the the evolution of life. The food chain. That's just how the thing works. And the sooner you come to grips with it as a fan, the easier this stuff is to, just to navigate. Just what I tell you is, if your coaching staffs are doing a good job over a decent period of time, which these two staffs have proven they've done, just trust what they're doing. That's, only, that's the only advice I would pass along. I want to touch on one other thing before we get out of here, and that is the, the new... Three on three basketball league. Have you? Have you watched? I haven't watched yet. I watched twenty seconds today. Believe it or not, I saw Demar Johnson make a four oh, yeah. pointer, raised up from the four. That's right, the four point line. I just can't do it. I, I tried. <laughs> I tried. And I like three on three. Bad. I like the concept of it. I like. Well, I like, like every. From, everybody's hurt, right? That's what. It, yeah, everybody gets hurt every game. I, it, 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 these guys are out of shape. Yeah. My goodness, God. Well, round is a shape. It is a shape. And honestly, three on three sometimes is harder to play than five on five. Yeah. I, I mean, it really is. I mean, it, it is. There's a lot. Are they of playing more. half court? Yes. Just out past the three point yes. line. Yes. Okay. Yes. It, I mean, literally, if there's an air ball or a turnover. Um, Didn't Rappaport the sideline reporter? You can, you can, uh, you don't have to take it behind the line. You can. Like, it's like somebody today drove in, threw up an air ball, guy grabbed it on the other team, dunked it. So you can do do the, those kind of things. So it's basically the way you probably set up the rules for you playing. But I'm watching it, and I and I'm like, I, I want to see if I can get into this for a, literally 20 seconds. Is all it took me to go. I just can't. There's no. You didn't even give yourself a chance. But there's no rooting interest. I really, I have no care. And I guess that's if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna put this on television and ask people to watch, there has to be a care factor. Well, I mean, I like for, for UC is. fans, there's some. You've got Kenya Martin. You've got Demar. It, it's it's a total, you've got James White. It's a total nostalgia play. Like yeah. when Jed and I were talking about this. Jed Demuzi yes. works here at yep. Sports Anchor at Channel 12. We were talking about this the other day, and he was all upset about the idea that they were putting it on tape delay. And he's like, "Who would care if they already know the the end result?" And Nobody's I was like, looking no, for I was the like, end I, result. I, that part I didn't even know what's going on. It's we still don't, didn't. No one knows the names of the teams. No one cares who wins these games. That's not why you would ever tune in to watch this. You tune in because you want to see, can Jason Williams still throw an off-the-elbow pass to someone? No, because he got hurt the first game. Can Allen Iverson <laughs> still cross you up and hit a hit No, because he got drop? hurt the first like, game. It's, it, that's what people are watching for. <laughs> All right, are you going to watch? Have you watched? I've already watched. Do yeah. you like? Yeah, I'm okay with it. Like, It's not my favorite show. You know what it is. But I went in expecting, hey, I'm going to watch some old players freestyle in, in a half-court setting. And to, to me, that is fun. It's like the All-Star game. People hate the All-Star game. I love the All-Star game. I love watching the best players. I haven't players watched in, an All-Star game since 79. I love watching the best players in the world just freestyle and play like yeah. it's the playground. Like I like watching them joke around and, and just do crazy things and see some of their talent level. That's That, that brings me to one of my all-time favorite points of they don't play defense in the the NBA, 
If you want to see what not playing defense in the NBA looks like, turn on the All-Star game and the score is 214 to 217. If you want to see what great defense is, holding an NBA team to 100 points is great defense. In today's day and age. Where hand-to-hand combat is not allowed like it was. Where skill is a thousand times higher than it's ever been. Right, but where where hand-to-hand combat is not allowed like it used to be. Well, yeah, because basketball was not designed as a contact sport. it's supposed to be not a physical sport. Yes, it is. It's a contact sport. It's a physical sport. It's not a contact sport. Contact is illegal. It's not a collision sport. It's a contact sport. There is contact. You have to play through the contact of it. Neither anyway. one of you are exactly word scholars. But I did. I really, here, I, just because I, you used ignominious on Twitter the other day. Ignominious. <laughs> Whatever. Ignominious, Rick. Look it up. Speaking of word scholar. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but I did. I tried. I really. I'm like, you know, I like the. I want to see some of these. I just dudes. haven't had time to actually sit down. I did, I, I, I I did see a highlight of James White it. with a finger roll. So he, he, I'm sure he's a finger roll. Finger roll. He didn't. Yeah. He, he took off at a weird spot where he couldn't tomahawk. <laughs> But he will tomahawk a few in that league. I've got a feeling. I'm sure. Right, well, well, give, what would be interesting with that league is over time, you're going to get guys that are right out of the NBA. Maybe. I, I, I don't think it lasts. It, uh, well, I, I'm telling you what they're going to have to do by midseason of this year to, to get ratings back. Strippers? LeVar Ball. Oh. LeVar Ball's got to be involved. I mean, whether, play whether, he's coach, whether he's playing because he's better than Jordan or he's no, coaching. That, that's or, what you – no, you want – He's you reffing. Get, you get Jordan on a team and you get LeVar on a team and you, have them, you let them have at it. I'd be willing to put money on when the Lakers play the Hornets, Michael Jordan won't even be in the building. I doubt he goes into the same city as LeVar Ball at this point. I, 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 there you go. I've got, I've got it. You How great was LeVar Ball on, on – Raw WWE. Did you did you see the what new? His life is. Did you see the new Fourth uh, of July red, white, and blue Zotus? Yep, looking good. If they had a gray pair of those, I'd all, I'd have already had them. I think we got seventy. What's your Venmo? Seventy four oh seven right now in the in the till in the till for my. R- R- remind people of what that is. Some guy sent me sixty nine cents three times. Three different mornings, I woke up to sixty nine <laughs> cent payments on my Venmo. Classic for Zotus. Remind people if they want to give. Yeah, the Zotus. I'm going to wear them around for the rest of my life. I'll probably document. It. I'll just video it every day and send them to Skinny. Um, we'll get Snapchat on his phone or something so he can get updates every day on me wearing oh, my Zotus. Seventy four dollars. We only got. I'm not good at math, but like four. You've got about five something yeah, to go. You've got you've got about five times. Well, no. If, if we get to five hundred, you're going to go four hundred. You're going to four fifty. You're going to cover the rest. I'll cover the rest. Yeah, yeah. he's got. Yeah, I mean, you got to have so three seventy five. We're only three seventy five away. That's doable. So give to the where, where what's your Venmo? Fun, Rick. There were like twelve hundred people listening to this podcast last time we recorded. It. So if all of you give 50 sixty. Cent. If all you give sixty nine cents, we're in. You're good by almost two pairs worth. What's Honestly, your Venmo? Yeah. What, what, give the people where they can fund this. Yeah, at I think it's just Rick Brewing on Venmo. Thanks you Rick don't even know your own account. I did. I've given it out before. Okay, give it out one more time. It's at Rick-Broaring, so like hyphen Broaring. Okay, hyphen, not a dash. Rick-Broaring. Yeah. Yep. Okay. At Venmo. Yep. All right. 69, pay- 69 cent payments from all of you. Please just do download it. the app. and uh, You want to see me just have my head blow clean off? When Rick struts, are you? You got to do the strut. Oh, when you come in with them. Wait, wait, wait. When I come in with them, my entire life will be lived in a Levar <laughs> Ball coming on to first take strut everywhere I go. The best, like the and best. The, was, the best part is the last four steps. I'll have like a little thing, a little tray of tar that he'll have to walk through, and he won't even he won't even know what hit him. No. <laughs> the, yeah, like, get the, stuck. When he did raw, he started the strut. And then he did like, the, and then he the took run, sprinting. The, the run was the most wild thing I've seen in a while. <laughs> what the hell was that? That guy says he's better than Michael Jordan at basketball, and then he runs like that to the to the ring. Here, here was here was the part I loved. The fact that he's jacked. Well, that he's jacked. One, the two. We actually like he's in on it. 
Yeah, exactly. He's That's, self-aware. I've been I've been trying to tell everyone this from the get-go. It is so clear now. With it, the Jordan thing is when he when I realized he gets it. Because, like, he clearly but is, finally like, on Raw, you got to see it. Everyone got to see it clearly. Where he, like, it, it was very clear that he's in on it. Yeah, he's in on the joke. He is self-aware about all this stuff, and he's 100% working a plan. And, like, that's when everyone was getting so mad about, that like, he can beat Jordan stuff. You could see it every time someone asked him. He would look at them like, you're so stupid. Why would you even ask me this when you know it's, like, you know it's a ridiculous thing I'm just saying to get attention. Right. But then he'd answer yeah. it again and say, of course I can, because you'll ask me about it again, and you'll have me on your show again. And people, now people hate him, and, like, he's the perfect WWE heel. Like, they should have him on every Monday night. And I think that's in the three-on-three, man. There's got to be heroes. There's got to be villains, and right now, all that there is is just guys. There's just a I mean, bunch of guys. There's a Look. lot of heroes. Yeah, there's just a bunch of guys. Look. Well, no, no, everyone in that league is is you like. Like, no one thinks bad about Allen Iverson or Jason Williams or, like, those former NBA guys. Kenyon Martin is maybe, like, the, has, he's has, the bad guy. Gotta, yeah, maybe he's the bad guy, but everyone he, likes him. you got to have villains, man. There's got to be villains. Yeah, I agree. You I need, agree. You need LeVar as the, the sideline guy. Interviewing people? Yeah. I'm telling you, he just needs to be involved, and I think he will be. If you're going to have something work, that that's probably the, the, the case. So rating, Could you see him walking over to do an interview? No, but I can see you doing it right now. <laughs> I'll say it's damn close. That was, first of all, that's the most movement Brendel's had in probably almost, a month. A little, so almost Barney Rubble-like. <laughs> <laughs> really did. All right, either one of you chuckleheads have a final take? No, I think we went long enough. Uh, yeah. right, just making sure. Just making sure there's nothing Le- you want to clean out of your head. I just LeVar balled it, so there you my go. final take is in. All right, thanks for joining us. We'll be back uh, sometime in August with uh, another monthly update. Maybe before that, we'll see how it goes. Thanks for being with us again on another Skinny Basketball Podcast. 